Welcome to worship today. My name is Spencer. I'm the lead pastor and it is so good to gather together wherever we may be today on the 4th of July to celebrate uh, what the Lord has done in our life. Uh, If you're here for the very first time, join us for the first time in worship. We want to say a special welcome to you. We are so honored that you choose to spend your time with us today. We have a special gift for you. If you want to go to sumc.co slash hello, you can register your attendance. And we want to send you a gift card, a Starbucks gift card, just to say uh, thank you for joining us today. Now, as we continue in worship, we're going to be hearing from Pastor Jason as he teaches on the way of wisdom, our sermon series that we're on all summer long, June, July, August, as we're exploring what does the Bible teach about wisdom, about the choices that we make and how we live our life and go about our day-to-day living, which is really the choice of wisdom. And so we're going to keep exploring that. If you want to go deeper in the sermon and, and, the, and the scripture today, you can go to sumc.co slash next uh, to read sermon discussion questions and to engage in that way. Now we're here to hear from Stephanie about how we can get involved in the church this week. Hi, I'm Stephanie. The summer is flying by and we have lots of ways for you to stay connected. We have several Sunday morning classes that have begun meeting on site again. So if you're looking for a way to meet people and get involved, this is a great way to do this. Coming up in two weeks on Thursday, July 15th, Schweitzer will be hosting a blood drive from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Outreach Center. We hope many of you will join us as we reach out to serve our community during this critical time. Then on Sunday, August 1st at 5 p.m., we're hosting a really special baptism event. We're gonna head down to the Finley River for a special time of baptisms, fellowship, and a cookout as a church. If you haven't been baptized, but are interested in taking this next step in your faith, consider this opportunity. One last thing, we're planning for the last blast of summer carnival here at Schweitzer on August 11th from 5 to 8 p.m. If you're interested in volunteering for this community-wide event, contact Sheila Pippen. Or to find out more information about any of these things or to sign up, check us out at sumc.co slash next. Once again, thank you for being here this morning. Let's continue with worship. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for leading us today. Now, if you're worshiping with us live today, I encourage you to chat along with us. Uh, Say hello, share any insights you have during the service, and let's engage with one another as we worship today. And if you have something to pray about, there's a prayer button that you need someone to pray with you today. Click on that prayer button, and someone will be with you to pray with you for whatever might be going on in your life. Now, let's worship.
thank you for leading us in worship today. And as we come to our prayer time today on the 4th of July weekend, let's uh, pray for our nation as we celebrate independence together this weekend. And so Father, today we give you thanks for our nation that we can celebrate with freedom, that uh, wherever we may be today, we don't have to worship in fear as there are so many people around the world who, who live in this kind of way uh, because they, don't, they lack the freedom that we have. And so God, we give you thanks today uh, for the independence that we can celebrate. And we wanna pray for our nation we want to pray for our leaders, for those who are elected, for those who serve, and we want to pray for wisdom and guidance for them. So we're on this series of, of wisdom. We, we pray that your wisdom might be given uh, to our leaders as they uh, seek to fulfill what's best for our nation, that's best for people, that's best for the vulnerable, that's best for all. And so God, we, we put this in your hands and we give you thanks. As we continue to pray, let's all lift up our own prayers for our nation at this time.
And so, Lord, we give you thanks for the freedom and the independence that you've given us in our nation. Now let's join together as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. As we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue in worship today, we're going to take a, a time to give because giving is a part of our worship to God, just like singing and praying and hearing the word is. I think about that verse from John chapter 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God's salvation, his gift of salvation to us is, is something that we just receive. And so as we receive what he's done in our lives, we also give back to him as an act of worship. So today, if you'd like to give, you can go to sumc.co slash give, or you can give through our mobile app. And we just want to thank you for your generosity in supporting the work of our church. Happy Independence Day and welcome to worship. I'm Pastor Jason. We're so glad that you've joined us as we're continuing in a series where we're taking a look at the wisdom of God that is brought to us and given to us within the pages of Scripture, primarily within the pages of Proverbs. The Lord has given us His good counsel so that our lives can be filled with goodness, beauty, and truth. Today, as we take a look at Proverbs, we're going to be looking at the theme of, of friendship. In late October of 2017, my uh, youngest brother died. His death was uh, a profound experience that punched a massive hole in my heart, in the hearts of, of our family. The events that took place right after his death were a whirlwind. If you've experienced that in your own family, you know that all kinds of things move in fast motion. Um, and you just try to get through the events of, of the day. Recently, I've been revisiting some of the events that took place around that time, and I found some sweet emblems of grace that took place and that came to fore in the midst of a dark valley. When it came time for the funeral, we went to the school to where the service would, would be held, and as we entered into the foyer, standing there to greet us were four of, of our dear friends from Kentucky. They had driven several hours, so that they could share as the best they could in our sorrow. These were friends who, over the course of our adult lives, mine and, and Anna's in particular, and then also our, our kids, there are people that we had worshipped with while we were in seminary, that we'd worked alongside of at a church, that we'd raised kids together. And because of, their, of the formalities of that day, our conversations were held to a very brief interaction. And yet, by their very presence and by the effort that they gave so that they could be present, there's been a moment that's like a golden hour where the sun is setting, you know, where it was just enough light for that day that we could press through the valley of darkness. And from that day, this act of friendship has continued to be a place 
of great gladness and to place of significant healing in my own heart. These friends, four friends, are just some of the best people as I think about in my own life and my own journey of life. They've been significant reminders to me of how friendship matters. You and I know, as a matter of fact, actually, across the pages of our lives, that having friends is critical to life. There may be some people who think that they can go through life as a loner, but in all reality, uh, being a loner or having a significant amount of loneliness is a barren land. There's no creativity, there's no life, there's no vivaciousness that comes from that place. You and I are made to live in relationships, relationships of love. It's where we come from and where we're going. And those relationships include the relationships of friendships. Now, one of the things that the writer of Proverbs is going to do is he's going to celebrate friendships. He's going to show us how friendships have some pitfalls and some ways that friendships can go sideways. And the writer is also going to speak to us about the wisdom of, of what are some ways where we can walk and experience some really good friendships. Uh, recently, one of the people that have been on our staff for the last six years, K.J. Rauke, uh, he, he moved to Texas. But uh, KJ had a funny way of talking about the people that he worked with, especially um, Alec and Taylor, who both worked in the same office with him. We would sometimes walk into the room, I would walk into the room, and some others would, and we'd talk about KJ, and we'd talk about the cluster of the three of them as friends. And KJ had this funny way of saying, are we really friends, or are we just really close, approximate work associates? KJ understood uh, in a very wise way that, that there was more to friendship than just working together. And the Proverbs, the writer of the Proverbs is going to tell us some things that help move us beyond just being close in proximity. But what are, the, what, are, what are some real marks of friendship? First off, though, the writer celebrates the gift of friendship. And, and he marks the gift of friendship in ways that there's a sweetness to it and, and a grit to it. One of the things the Proverbs the writer says in Proverbs 24, 26 is, an honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. How do you describe friendship? It's hard to describe in words, but it's easy to describe when you think about the metaphor of a kiss. There's something lovely and sweet, and it's a gesture that you can know in its action, even if you don't know through the words. A real friend in Proverbs 18, 24 says, a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Now, Siblings are pretty close, or at least can be pretty close. And the writer doesn't want to call into question the bonds of siblings. But what he is saying, what the writer is saying about this, is that through these metaphors of a, of a kiss or sticking closer than a, than a brother or sister, through these metaphors, there is an expression of the critical nature that friendship is to the fullness of life. We are meant to be people who have friends, who journey with other people who are like us, and there is something when we find our people that is just the sweetness of life. And so as the writer from time to time over the course of, of the book of wisdom lifts up friendship as an ideal, the writer also knows that there are moments where we encounter people who may act as friends, who aren't really friends, or, or we may bring something to the table that hinders a friendship. And so from time to time, the writer speaks about the pitfalls that we can encounter in, in friendship. In Proverbs 16, 28, 
the writer notes that gossip separates the best of friends. For some of us, that's been an experience that we've, we've had. In Proverbs 17, 18, uh, the writer says, it's poor judgment to guarantee another person's debt or to put up security for a friend. The writer of Proverbs knows that once you bring money or conversations about money into friendships, things can get pretty squirrely. So if you want to you keep your friends, if you want to have healthy friendships, you need some boundaries around money. Also in some other places, like in Proverbs 16 and 18 and 26, the writer notes this, some real challenges to friendships. One is being overly argumentative, dwelling on past faults, or being an active deceiver, having the, the way of saying, you know, this, but I'm, I'm really joking, are likewise places where friendships can be hampered. But in Proverbs 27, there's a concentration of teaching that describes how friendships can thrive, how they can endure over the years, how friendships can become these healthy fountains of goodness that we encounter and that, that we're are part of, not only feeding our lives, but we're contributing to. Proverbs 27.10 starts us off with the idea of constancy. Proverbs 27.10 says this, Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family. Do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better to go to a neighbor or a friend nearby than a relative who's far away. One of the things that the writer is telling us in this space is that good friendships take time uh, culturally, probably for the last 50 years. We have been trying to run at the speed of light. Fear of missing out or FOMO has kept us jumping from event to event to event, oftentimes chasing, chasing all kinds of shiny things. I think one of the great benefits of COVID has been the reminder that we can't chase after everything. But maybe the thing that we need the most in life is to be connected to somebody else. And so a number of people have been experiencing throughout the time of COVID, they've been experiencing that ability to reconnect with other folks. And for some, reconnecting has been really hard because how they desire to connect is in, in physical form and that's been limited. The loss of physical connectivity has for some people renewed a zeal to be mindful that we need one another and we need to spend time with one another. And how friendships grow deep and grow long is when we interact with one another and give time to one another. Another uh, piece that the writer of Proverbs 27 says is that we need is um, this, 27.6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That's the gift if, of candor. Have you ever had a friend who wounded you? Wounded you in such a way that it was for your own good? Have you ever had a friend who pointed something out that was amiss? Or have you ever had a friend who listened to you for a while and noticed that your, your aspirations and your own actions didn't match up, and so they called you to account? Throughout King David's life, and uh, later in his life, there were moments when he had an opportunity to speak with candor to his own sons, two of them, Adonijah and Absalom. But he withheld the sense of candor. And his lack of truth-telling 
left them to twist in the winds of their own demise. The challenge that many friendships have, recently had, and still have, is the political environment that we live in today. Two dear friends, two friends that I spoke of earlier, who ministered, have ministered greatly to my own heart, in the past year found themselves at a crossroads in the fall of 2020. And their differences were so sharp that they failed to speak to one another for over several weeks. A great challenge to friendship is when we speak politically and not candidly. When we speak to score points or to convince that somebody, with somebody else that our agenda is the right one, or when we speak in opposition to someone else, that's political speech. But what we really need, and the writer talks about, is, is can, candidness, candor. Candor needs humility, and it needs time for validation. Candor allows space for my um, expression and what I'm seeing to breathe. Candor needs a willingness to be transparent and truthful. And this, with candor, where somebody says some things that they see that are their observations, where they're being transparent, when someone speaks candidly with us, we can be wounded. But we can be more than wounded. We can be wounded for our good. And out of that wounding can come healing and what Scripture calls sanctification. What we need. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Those things we should pay attention to. Something else the writer talks about that's significant to good and deep and profound friendship is good counsel. Proverbs 27.9 says, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. In King David's early life, when you go back and you read a bunch of 1 Samuel, you see a young king that feels like he's out of his depth and he knows it. Yet there are those who are around him who see things in him that he can't. They notice that he's humble. They notice that he trusts the Lord. They notice that he has a reverence for people in general and he has profound loyalty for those who have been gathered around him and they love him for it. We get a picture many times, many times of King David's early life that he can't see all of the goodness that is within him and that he's extending to others. So the Lord brings people around him. People like Jonathan and Samuel and David's mighty men. People who not only love him, but he loves them. And David takes good counsel from them. He takes good counsel from his elders and his peers. They bring him courage and they cheer his heart. Who are those who are in your life today who bring cheer to your heart? Who bring you good counsel, whether it's an elder or somebody who's younger or somebody who's a peer? I'd encourage you this week to take a moment and send them a note of thanks for their significant contribution, their friendship in your life. So the writer in Proverbs 27 has talked to us about constancy. Good friendship takes time. It just takes time to be together. Good friendship takes candor. It takes counsel. And then something else it takes. It takes discovery. In Proverbs 27, 17, we find these words, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. 
Now, one reading of that text could see it as something that fits in with um, the gift of counsel, where counsel can, on the one hand, cheer us. Counsel can also, on the other hand, be like friction. And where two friends are, uh, they get together in a conversation and, and there's friction because they don't necessarily agree, but they're working towards a common goal. Or maybe a, a friend gives a challenge to our intentions. But another perspective, another perspective or another way to read this is that good friendships are forged in the act of discovery. Where people who, who enter into a space where they face challenges together and through shared problem solving, and oftentimes through shared suffering, they realize there's an aha moment that they are passionate about something together and they can work through something together and there's goodness that comes of it. As Tim and Kathy Keller, they um, make a contribution to this, this point of discovery when they say, we must find persons with whom we have common loves and vision. This is a part of the discovery, a part of sharpening one another. We must find persons with whom there is a common shared love and vision. They quote C.S. Lewis, where Lewis wrote in, in uh, Mere Christianity, when we're talking about friends, where the truthful answer to the question, do you see the same truth? Where the truthful qu- answer to that question is, I see nothing and I don't care about the truth. I only want a friend. Lewis says, When somebody says, I only want a friend, no friendship can really arise. There would be nothing for friendship to be about. Good and deep friendship has to be about discovery. It has to be about the joy of of suffering and facing a challenge together. So I come back to that that line from K.J. Rilke when we would talk about uh, the friendship that he had with Taylor and Alec, and he would say, do you mean close, approximate work associates? You know, you, you guys are really friends. And it was a joy for several years to watch them not only work together, but forge the bonds of friendship because they had several of these things. They spent lots of time together. They lived out what the writer talks about in terms of constancy. And more than once, they spoke candidly, maybe sometimes more candidly than some of the rest of us could handle, but they spoke candidly with one another. They relied upon the wisdom of one another, their peers, and they, they looked to have the wisdom of elders in their council as well, but there was something sweet and encouraging about how they walked and lived with one another. And they discovered, they went on a, a number of trips of discovery and found that they were indeed in this place of sharpening one another. The book of Proverbs celebrates friendship and it encourages us that no matter what age we are, no matter what position we may get to, we are people who need deep friends and we need to be deep friends. We need to be about developing good and deep friendships. The book of Proverbs realizes that friendships can be stressful and they can go sideways, but it also gives us counsel and it brings back good wisdom of how to keep growing good and true and beautiful friendships. Proverbs reminds us, at least it reminds me, that one of the great gifts of deep and good and beautiful friends is that they bring a lightness to life. A song that embodies this lightness and this joy is Carol King's You've Got a Friend. And I'd like for you to have a listen on this Independence Day to the goodness and sweetness 
of the gift of friendship. Let's take a listen. talking about friendship and the wisdom that comes from the book of Proverbs about the significance of friendship. Uh, thank you to Anna and Kyrie and Erebus for singing that song from Carol King. Uh, you've got a friend. As we think about <clears throat> all that we've, we've heard about, there's somebody who lives that friendship out in our midst to the best that we can think of or imagine, and that is Christ himself. He is a friend to us. In fact, when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples before he went to the cross and he was talking with them about many things, in John 15, uh, we hear these words that he said to them that night. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for their friends. He looked at them and he said, you are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in their slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything that my father told you. It was around that table where there was a loaf of bread that Jesus picked up and he blessed and he broke. And he said, this is my body given for you. And at that table where he picked up a cup and he said, this cup is the cup of salvation poured out for you and for many. That Jesus 
gave himself to us to be our savior, to free us from sin, to be about the work of healing our lives, and more so, to come alongside of us and let us know that there is a friend that we are destined to walk alongside of and a friend who longs to be our friend, and that is the Lord himself. As you are at home or wherever you may be celebrating Independence Day today, I hope you know that the Lord loves you, cares about you, and there is one who wants to be your friend that you can call on at any time of the day or night, the one who will lead us and guide us through all kinds of ups and downs of life, the one who calls us friend, and the one to whom we can come home to as a friend, the Lord Jesus himself. Thank you for joining us in worship. Thank you for the gift of life that comes from Christ, the gift of friendship to you, to me. Amen. What a great time of worship together today. I want to say thank you to those who led. Thank you, Jason, for sharing the great message today about, about wisdom and how to live into God's path for us. And if you know somebody who this would be helpful for, I encourage you to share this link with them as we can spread uh, the good news of what God has for us with others. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for others who led today. Your gifts of leadership matter to us and to our church. And we're just so thankful we can gather together like this. Uh, join us next week as we're going to continue in this series, part six of the way of wisdom. I can't wait to share this message with you next Sunday.